Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, I'm Ed. And this week we're going to talk about a question that everybody has. It's to IoT or IIoT. That is the question. And the big thing is, is we kind of talked about it during the snack episode for Industry 4.0 when we kind of brought up the Internet of Things versus the industrial Internet of Things moving into the next generation of manufacturing. And today we're going to kind of talk about both of those. When we're talking about IoT, we're kind of talking about the things that you get around your house. So like your door sensors, your smart things, your Google Homes, your and your Apple Homes and stuff like that, your wearables and whatnot. But when you're talking about industrial Internet of Things, you're talking about sensors and any of the major components on a manufacturing line. So, you know, I propose this question to you, Ed. When you think about IoT versus IoT, what do you kind of think? So from a... Um manufacturing point of view when we're talking industrial internet of things we're talking about on the sensor and actuator level we're talking about taking uh, signals and feedback and using that data to become predictive in nature as opposed to proactive or preventive Uh, so from my point of view that's the big difference with uh, IOT and internet of uh, an IOT uh, it's probably a lot more data points in an industrial an industrial manufacturing environment as opposed to a personal aerial network with a Fitbit yeah and you know that that to me is you know leaps and bounds of where we're coming from we're coming from where we're dealing with oh look something broke but we don't need data on it to okay now I know what broke when it broke how it broke and you know we were talking about the you know the personal area networks and stuff like that it's kind of like okay what's your heart rate um what is your is your door open in your house what's your ac temperature set to um you scream at your amazon alexa and tell it what to do um that is iot you know when you talk about the inner the industrial internet of things you're talking about a more, more robust system but on the same principle it's no longer zigbee or um any of the other common at home communication protocols that are being used for the internet of things and a typical life cycle for a iot system is probably 20 years in some cases say infrastructure is probably 40 years the typical lifespan for iot for say uh, apple phone could be maybe two years so that's the other point of view to look at uh it's a lot more data points over a lot longer time, and you can take those data points and uh, use that to, like I said, instead of being proactive or preventive, you can be 
predictive. So now I can predict when the machine is going to break and when I'm going to interrupt production, which means interrupt my cash flow. Yeah, and you know, you're kind of talking about the same thing when we're getting down to the, especially when we talk about time, you know, and usage time is return of investment or ROI. You know, you go from your home sensors, which run on a battery, which may be only good for a year or two, maybe a little bit more, to an IOT device, which is powered by, which is hardwired and built for heavy industrial manufacturing devices and stuff like that. And it also communicates via, you know, MQTT. If we're talking about, you know, if we're doing it that way, we're talking MQTT to like a Power BI interface and anything else you can possibly ever think of, it can flow data to one point or another. And then we can think about it in, an, in another aspect. Say shop floor operations, supply chains, and then remote and third party operations. The world is changing now. No one is uh, using their own servers for everything. Things are in the cloud. We're uh, also, it's uh, vital that I understand the supply chain. It's vital that I understand if I'm efficient with the resources and uh, materials I'm using to produce these products. And from a shop floor operation uh, point of view, I want to know when I'm not running efficient. I want to know when I'm going to have to have additional time to produce. You would hope that that time that you produce would be within the hours that we uh, allotted and not outside of those hours. Right. It's good for KPI tracking and stuff like that. Understanding where you're going and where you're coming from, what your daily numbers are looking like and how things are moving. And also it reduces, you know, the loss of work and, you know, all the other type of things, you know, when it comes down to, you know, the KPIs and, you know, ROI and all the other stuff. And also we're going to talk about like logistical transport. Um, you got the AGVs that are communicating via IIoT and other things like that. But now to propose a question, the big question with that is you're talking about like a football field. You have an IoT sensor or an IIoT sensor um, implanted in the, the turf. When, you know, that that will trigger your... Um, the your irrigation system to kick over and when that kicks over you're talking about an iot or i or an iot system triggering that to happen so when you think about that does that read iot or iot well it depends on if we're talking about uh resources if we're talking about the resources we're using and we're trying to track consumption uh, exactly. It is. It's the same thing. Uh, we're talking the same thing. Um, as I said, in, in a manufacturing environment, everything is uh, time sensitive. Um, you produce, you know, just in time. So to give you a different point of view, say, with, say, the irrigation system. Well, everybody wants to save money. So if I have a corporation, then I don't want to overuse resources and waste water. If it's not necessary to water at a certain time, then I can be predictive when I do these things, which saves me money. Yeah, which kind of rolls into your IIoT at that point. Because if you're talking about power consumption and stuff like that, you're talking about IIoT. If you're talking about, okay, cool, my, my plants are wet, let me automatically water these darn things. You're talking about IoT. You're not talking about anything that's really going to be at a industrial or collegiate level 
that kind of needs help. And and say from an IoT point of view, where you could kind of tie and make some similarities, if I wanted to track when, say, we were practicing on a field, and during that time I wanted to monitor heart rate, I wanted to monitor uh, how much the guy perspired and so forth, then I can take all this data in real time and send this data to a database and have uh, it analyzed and say, hey, you know, at this time of the day, we were really, really efficient. However, when it was 90 degrees and about 60 degrees uh, and about 60% humidity, we had a problem. So uh, those are things that you can do uh, to maximize your resources. And that's the same thing you do in an industrial environment. Uh, like I said, you want to know when, where, and how those resources are being used. Yeah, and funny you mentioned the whole, you know, the, the bodily mechanics and stuff like that. NASA actually uses sensors and stuff like that on board the International Space Station when it comes down to the astronauts to actually track their vital signs and their sleep patterns and all and to, to make sure they're okay. And it does it via an IoT interface back to their system through satellite communication back down to, back down to Houston, back down to the control centers. And stuff like that. So if you think about it, IIoT and IoT are used in a wide range of, of environments, be it zero gravity or all the way down to the, the, the guy on the, the, in his house trying to make sure his doors open and closed. Right. Well, imagine if you will, how IoT can change manufacturing. If I'm predictive, I know when, where, and how I'm going to have line stoppages, which I can use remote production control to manage these situations. I can also use asset tracking to track which parts are breaking in the system. And once again, more information to tell me, hey, this is my failure point. Then I can lose logistic management to say, hey, we need to look at when we produce, say, a five ton vehicle. That compared to a three-ton vehicle, is it more wear with a five-ton and less wear with a three-ton? Those are things we should consider. And then we should, to protect ourselves for all the data we have and to make sure our system is secure, we should have a digital twin. You know, these are things that I think will be a game changer in IIoT. I, I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head with that one. I think that, you know, the digital twin, you know, factory standpoint is probably one of the best ideas that's came out of what is going to be industry 4.0 because we can test without actually testing on our manufacturing environments. We know when things are going to break. We know what parts we have to order and how far we have to go to get those parts to actually do what we want them to do. And the thing is, is the digital twin is more robust than just somebody out there watching it going, okay, I think this is going to work. And I, I agree with you, Nick. I mean, we, we went from having humans do every process in a, on, a, on a assembly line to we incorporated robotics into the line. So now the robotics are becoming smarter. Now the robotics is giving us that predictive information. Now the robotics are telling us, hey, I think 
this path is incorrect. I would be more efficient if I ran this path. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking game changing things that can be done on the fly. Uh, so I believe that if embraced and utilized the right way, not to just become another widget, IOT could really make plants become, I would say, run like a sewing machine. Excuse my language. Yeah, I know. The thing is, I think that, you know, with that, we need to make sure it doesn't become a buzzword. Now, everybody wants to say they are industrial Ford Auto compliant because they have IIoT devices. And really, in reality, they don't. Um, but because they're really not doing anything with it. They've got the data, but they don't do anything with it to help themselves. I think the use of IoT and IoT in any environment, be it home, away, wherever, it needs to be embraced. It needs to be understood that this is the way of the future and this is how we have to get there. Like I said, from a maintenance point of view, reactive means fix it when it breaks. When we say preventive, we say maintain it regularly at intervals so it doesn't break. But predictive says it's the right time as opposed to being reactive too late, as opposed to being preventive too early. Predictive exactly tells us when it's going to break and we can take that information, design better machines. And also I can use machine to machine communication so that this machine knows, hey, I'm at a point where I'm about to fail. Yeah. You should make some kind of adjustment or make an adjustment or throttle down or throttle up to make up for the time I want to be down. Right. I estimate the time to be this interval. Yeah. And the thing is, if you think about it, we covered that in our uh, snack episode where people can go back and watch that as well. But, you know, the other thing we're talking about is with the preventative maintenance stuff, we know that we need to order parts. We have a lead time. We're not going to wait for something to break and then the line's down for two or three hours. We already have that part on hand because we knew that was going to happen or we were able to catch it in a PM hours or days prior and you you like i said with the preventive maintenance we're talking predictive quality control we're talking profit per hour we're talking yield energy throughput we're talking generative design we're talking all these type of things that we can put in place to compensate for if in the event we have an interruption in the in the supply chain and if the line's not running it's an interruption in the supply chain yeah and the thing is it goes back to kpis then all of that can be tracked inside of a KPI. And what gives you your KPIs? IOT or MQTT, depending on how you have it set up or how you're running your, your operation. And it also reduces the amount of hours that you have somebody out there watching something go wrong. Yeah, because to me, I would much rather have data gathered as opposed to have someone writing down some bits of data. That may be incorrect. I want the raw data so I can take the raw data and transform it into something that I can utilize. Uh, it, it does no one any good to have tons and tons of data that means nothing. So to me, this is a uh, it's, it's, it's something that all companies should look into. I mean, they should really look into it. And, you know, now you think, you know, when you talk about the, the writing things down, we've gone now gone paperless. 
So meaning that the IoT and IoT interfaces and stuff like that, make sure that we're going paperless. So we're saving the, the natural resources, we're saving money on, on the paperwork, and we get rid of the human error of writing something down. Now, because data does not lie. And with that, you're more accurate. You're not worried about, can I read this dude's handwriting? Or this gal's handwriting? Or whatever. Was it typed up correctly? Or what happened? You know, we're, we're going out, we're leaving the stone age, we're leaving the flip phone age, and going to the iPhone age. And then we're going to go from the iPhone age to whatever's next. And, and with this technology, we want to go away from the conventional made to stop. We want to go to uh, made to order or configure to order or engineered to order. We, we want to go to actually just in time. Use the resources you need to produce the products you want to produce. Yep. And, you know, the thing is, is with that, it's, you know, improving, like you said, the throughput. We know that we that this is going to happen, so we can get that done on a weekend or whenever we're not actually actively running production, and then taking that and building on top of it. And if you think about it, when we're going to you know move into like the plants of the future and stuff like that, we were talking about automated ground vehicles and and whatnot. We're trying to be more proactive and reactive and actually really get to know that type of stuff. And also controlling the routes of where they go and how they get there and stuff like that. So like I said, a, a simplified IOT stack would be intelligent assets. And uh, I would say an example of that would be say that a, product, a problem occurs in another plant. In real time, that data is shared with, the, with all plants to say, hey, we found this bug. Uh, data communications. I mean, at real time, you can look at how all the plants are running, what are the things they're doing to be efficient. Application and analytics. Everybody runs the same application. Everybody has the same analytics. Run real streamlined. And then the people. The people have the data and dashboards and visual uh, applications that they can interpret what the data is saying. You take what the data is saying, you utilize that, and then that makes your operation runs smoother yeah makes more the decisions happen faster you're not really you know running the seat of the pants anymore you're, you're running at a knowledgeable database and if you think about it you know the big thing is is with the whole you know like simple you know simple scales and if you do iot simply eventually you'll get to a bigger a bit bigger set and you know that's not just from you know from everybody else saying that it's also like the CEO of Astra, you know, he's the one who, who, who you know, kind of coined the simple, you know, scales type of mentality. And, you know, I could not disagree with him. And if you think about it, simplicity gets us into orbit, you know, for certain things. And with that, you're going to get IoT. And IoT, that's eventually going to move us from earthbound to... Interplanetary, uh, you know, society, and then eventually, you know, off to Mars. Yeah. So, and then kind of piggyback off what you said, Nick. So I would look at it this way: you have, uh, we got the cloud, we got edge computing, and then we actually have, you know, the the data that we're 
consenting to all these things. So I would say that uh, with edge computing AI, we could probably have a lot of the, I would say the um, incorrect information you get, uh, we could actually start to make the machines learn and the machines can learn, which would make the uh, process better. Yep. And AI and data lakes and stuff like that is a whole nother bag of animals. That's something that is on the fringe end of IoT. It's where all the data goes and stuff like that and how we, you know, perceive it into the into the descriptions and the, the decisions that are being made at management. And the thing is, is if you think about it, what stops a manufacturer from collecting all these issues that they're getting with the vehicles and stuff like that, especially during production, like rework and stuff like that? And compiling all that in real time and being shared with their dealerships. And just like I said, just to kind of throttle down a little bit and uh, give you guys a kind of overview. Like I said, remote monitoring, real-time machine monitoring, predictive maintenance, production visibility, integrating systems, compiling KPIs, and asset utilization. These are all the things that you can use in any situation where you have an unknown and you're trying to find the known. Yeah. It, it, you know, you can't, you can't build without facts and you can't work without parts. You can't do anything without the data that is going to get you from point zero to point one and, you know, from A to B, from B to C and C to D that's kind of you know where you have to get to and the thing is is the data transfer from iot and iot and how we're actually integrating with subsystems and secondary and tertiary systems i think that's kind of where we're going and you know the big thing is with that is it's not just making the process smarter the equipment smarter it's making the human being smarter Correct. And uh, imagine a CEO of a company. He understands that he has state-of-art equipment on the floor. But to him, he doesn't understand all of the mechanisms that make those things move. For him, he needs to know why. Why is it not working? Yeah. When did this happen? In which areas is this happening in? How can we make this better? How can we prevent this? Yeah. Moving forward, should we just stop and sit on our hands? Or should we have some countermeasures? Should we have, hey, I have a, a counter solution. Hey, I have a wave, a workaround. All these things can be done by pulling that data. The, the data is very important, and you have to have the sensors and actuators to give that data back to databases so that the databases can go into data lakes and so that the data lakes can put it into uh, systems that analyze and so that the guy that's looking at the system that's being analyzed can can look at it and say, ah, okay, hey, I see something here. Yep. I guarantee you that a group of sensors that somebody can buy or a company can buy from a you know, reputable manufacturer is still cheaper than downtime it's got to be if you think about it if you're in a logistics you know 
uh, you know, platforms, just, just to think about this. If your system goes down and you can't ship a package, now you have to eat cost to speed that package up to get to its, its original destination. If you're thinking about automotive manufacturing, one downtime equals one vehicle. So once one hour of downtime is what, five or six vehicles at $15,000 a vehicle, roughly on, on scrap cost. But if you think about it, that's still cheaper than paying, or still, it's actually more expensive than paying for the sensors. You can buy the sensors and save that time. And I would say, let's look at production visibility. Because I think here's where a lot of the um, information gets lost. I would say with production visibility, did we do something manual? Did we change the process? Did we work outside of scope? Those things can be tracked. Not as a, a uh, way to punish somebody, but a way to mentor somebody. A way to say, hey, we will stick with the process. We will follow the process 100%, will not deviate from the process, and when you do deviate from the process, we'll address it. And this is another uh, great thing that we can use industrial uh, Internet of Things for with the sensors and actuators and the data because the, da the data does not lie. Yeah, and it also helps people find, if you have to go into manual for any reason, there's a problem. And it helps, you know, all of that be addressed to why we're having that problem. So it might not be an individual causing an issue. It's the fact that they're noticing an issue and trying to address it and the system isn't catching it yet, which that happens. And then like one of the most important things in software development is debugging and testing. Well, in a manufacturing environment, you don't have that same luxury. You do some testing, but most of the time it takes running production for several hours, thousands of hours before you can find a bug. Imagine, if you will, if I could listen to the data being given from those sensors and actuators throughout the whole triangle of, a of an automation pyramid. Now I can take all those data and start using it and say, hey, here's a bug. Every time we run uh, example A, we have this certain downtime. So uh, if I run a five-ton vehicle as opposed to a three-ton vehicle, I have a lot more errors with a five ton than I do with a three ton. Yeah. So maybe now we can use this with our integrating systems to say, hey, in the future, we should consider these things equally for a five ton or a three ton. Yeah. And the thing is, if you think about it, it's a good way to kind of see where you're at. And the thing is, that's where the digital twin comes in. You can take all that data, throw it in your digital twin and see what happens. And then you can take all that data times it by two or three, and you get your yearly run. If you if, if, it's, if an organization listens to their data for one year, a complete calendar year for 12 months, 365 days, you can take that data, multiply it by how many numbers you want, and you can simulate that many years of data on your system in a digital twin to see what happens. And I also think because we would now have access to intelligent sensors and intelligent actuators, now we could also get data that would tell us, hey, um, maybe this sensor is not the right sensor for this application. Maybe this actuator is not the right 
actuator for this application. So now we can take all this data and put all this data back into our integrating the systems. And that could tell us a lot when we're moving forward to expand lines or build new plants. Or if we have another plant that's putting in new equipment, we can that information in real time can be sent to our planning department so they know, hey, this is an issue. This particular this particular actuator has had a recall. Yeah. Hey, this particular sensor is uh, known for having misreads. And also, I can use that as a check. I can use it as a system check. I can do a system check with my sensors and my actuators to verify that they are working properly. Yeah, helps us build a pl the plan of the future. And with that, it also helps us deliver a cheaper product to the customer while still maintaining the highest level of quality because we're not spending so much time on downtime and fixing issues. We're able to concentrate on our quality of vehicle, meaning the vehicle gets to the customer faster. If you're talking about a, if you're talking about an automotive manufacturing environment, at least, and the same thing with you know package handling and stuff like that, it gets the package to the customer faster. But you know, with that, you know, I think we're getting towards the the end of our lunchtime here, and you know, it's time to get back to work, you know, back to the daily grind. So, but with that. You know, we kind of think about this, you know, is it IOT or is it IIOT? You know, that is the main question in all of this. So, you know, I'll leave it to you, Ed, to give us our, uh, our final thoughts. Well, uh, I think they're both the same. It's just that the uh, utilization is different between the two. There is uh, maybe not as big of a uh, data um, consumption as it is with uh, industrial IOT. And then the, uh, the life cycles are different. Uh, consumer electronics last two to three years. Uh, industrial electronics last 20 to 40 years. I mean, I think that's really the big difference, but they both do the same thing. You can take data to transform your uh, life. Yep. So, all right. Sounds good to me. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast, where we hope you learn something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.